What's good, everyone? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me. I'm, of course, one half of the pod, Jelani Brown. I'm a co-host with me again today. Daddy's Bell, how you doing today, sir? What's good, man? Glad to be back after about two weeks off. Ready to talk about the Super Bowl and a lot of other things. So, you know, let's get to it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like that said, of course, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. We'll probably wrap up the show with that because uh, we'll have a probably like a special little episode on Saturday um, going over our Super Bowl predictions, performances, um, probably some uh, NFL props as well, or Super Bowl props as well. Um, but today, of course, like I said, we had about two weeks off. A lot of news happened. Talk about a little bit about the Brian Flores situation and, um, you know, diversity issue that's ongoing in the NFL. Um, some news from MLB as well, not testing the steroids during this period. But we also got hit on the NBA, going to talk trade deadline, um, some all-stars. Um, and we also finish up with uh, something that may have grinded our gears this week. But before we get into all of that, of course, we'll drop the tape. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win it! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James has the when you stepped in the batter's box. Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not play as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to bit man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. In life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. back like i said first thing we're gonna hit on is um the brian flores situation um something or nothing i feel like this is easy one is definitely something uh, a lot of people feel like he's doing this and it may you may not ever see a light of the nfl you know team at least heading it again um but i think he's still well no they just hired lovey smith center my so i think he was still in the running for a head coaching spot but all in all a lot of people feel like he's standing up for you know the ongoing situation of the lack of diversity in the NFL um, amongst head coaches, feel like he had an unfair shot at a lot of interviews, had an unfair shot, um, you know, even at the Dolphins head coaching job they just had, which a lot of people feel like he should definitely still be a head coach in this, uh, in, in this day and age in this NFL, especially given what he's done with that Dolphins team. Um, so of course he sued the NFL um, this past week. I feel like he's gathered up a lot of information and a lot of uh, evidence to to prove his case, but. Uh, Dad, what do you think about this situation? You, you know, do you think he's right? Do you think he's wrong? Some people have, um, you know, obviously some owners um, and GMs have come out to say a lot of the stuff that he's saying is, is is completely false. And 
you know, they have, I guess, their evidence to back it up as well. But what do you think about the situation? Do you think Brian Flores is right? Do you think he'll ever see a coaching job again? What do you feel about it? I think it's something. I re- I don't think he'll see another head coaching opportunity just because, you know, of the way they're going to take this to owners, the league. They're not, they don't, they don't like being sued. Uh, but he's definitely right. You know, you have people like Jim Caldwell himself who had average seasons, a bit, maybe a little bit above average. And then you have other coaches that have done far, far, you know, worse and they still get opportunities. Um, Jim Caldwell got fired after going nine to seven. Brian, Brian Flores turned around the season. They were one and seven, completely out of it, looking at like a top five draft pick. And then they were, you know, eliminated after a loss in week 17 to the Titans, but they were, you know, they were in the thick of a playoff race and you get fired because of that. And some mm-hmm. disagreements with the GM. Uh, I think it's just pretty much unfair and the lack of diversity in the uh, with head coaches is, you know, it's upsetting at times. I, I just think they need to allow for more fair opportunities. You know, don't, don't add anything extra into it. Give everybody the same amount of ample opportunities that you give the other coaches. Uh, so he's right, but you know, him speaking out is good. Everybody knows it's been going on for a while, but him speaking out and suing and putting this into action is going to, you know, it's going to help out a lot of people in the future, I think, but it's unfortunately going to stop him or prohibit him from ever being a head coach again. And I think he was a very good head coach, but, you know, he stood for something bigger at the time. Yeah. So, uh, but I definitely think it's something. Yeah, exactly. Same thing, same thing here. Something. The one thing I, I do remember last week that was kind of funny to me, um, you know, it wasn't the reason it all came out, but after it came out, it was one of the bigger stories. Uh, of course, you know, Bill Belichick, um, the text messages that Brian Flores has from Bill Belichick saying, you know, tell, basically telling him congratulations when he thought that he was texting the ball, um, who eventually, you know, ended up getting the head coaching job in um, in New York. Uh, some people were saying that it probably wasn't on purpose and that Bill, Bill Belichick did it for, you know, Know, a bigger reason kind of you know bring some of this stuff to light you know kind of just joking in a way but others say you know it's funny to see like you know one of the greatest head coaches if not the greatest head coach in nfl history you know can't even use a cell phone and that's the reason all this is even coming about so what do you think what, what side are you on do you think it's true do you think he accidentally did send send this you know these texts and congratulations to brian flores thinking he was talking to the ball or you know it was kind of a you know he kind of had inside information you know, maybe knew this would be a possibility or something that Brian Flores may, you know, took the court and, uh, you know, bring a bigger or bring a, a big issue that has been a big issue, but bring the issue to a bigger light um, in Brian Flores in the NFL. This is a tough one. I'm going to, I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Belichick was working with Flores um, in a way, you know, mm-hmm. this is a, it's a, it's a good thing, but I just think, you know, Bill Belichick, he's a very smart person. He, He's like, you know, he takes time. He doesn't rush through things. I'm pretty sure he's going to look at the text message. I don't know how you get Flores and Dayball. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian, they're both named Brian, but they'll probably like BF and then BD. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how you make a mistake like that, but I have sent a wrong test, text message to somebody <laughs> before. But one like this, I don't know. But, you know, I can see it going both ways. Yeah. yeah. Torn in between the two. Yeah, same here. I kind of – just for the sake of it, I, I like that, like the side of, you know, he kind of did it for a great purpose, kind of like, you know, I think I seen some memes, you know, him doing like, you know, having like an evil laugh or evil smirk or whatever the case may be um, on his face and that he kind of did it to, you know, stir, stir some stuff up um, in the NFL. But like you said, or like you said, kind of, not in cahoots, but, you know, basically, you know, kind of had, 
had a you know kind of a, a mutual agreement, mutual understanding. Like you know, he shouldn't have been fired. Um, obviously, like you said, one and seven to basically coming down to the last game of the season to where your playoff hopes are on the line, and then still get fired. You know, all the turmoil that was going on in the organization. Obviously, um, you know, Tua in and out, um, and they have Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, a lot of different injuries. I know they definitely didn't start the year off how they expected to. A lot of people expected them to be in playoff contention from the jump, but you know, a lot of things that they were going through um, as an organization. But it also came out like he went a little bit more control than what he already had and was given. And I don't know if that you know obviously that would partially went to the firing as well. But just interesting to see like say the, the route that he's taking. Um, and you know, I don't know if he wins the case or not. I feel like this is definitely one of those things that's going to be a, a behind closed. Like, it's going to go on for a minute behind closed door. Settlement is going to happen. He's going to get his, his pay or whatever the case may be. Because I'm sure all of this isn't coming out of the blue. Like, it's not – obviously, it's not all from nowhere. Like, I'm sure he has a good amount of proof, um, even given – or even through some of the interview processes that he had um, and not just those text messages. But uh, it definitely is – Sad, but like everybody keeps saying, it kind of feels like one of those Kaepernick feel like has like kind of like a Kaepernick con Kaepernick feel to where like it's you know, we're probably not going to see him as a head coach, if not a coach at all on this level anymore. So, but like you said, definitely deserving. I feel like he he should be coaching somewhere if we go around look look around the league. Like even his replacement, like I don't and you know, I don't know too too much about Mike McDaniel's, but you know, I would I would definitely feel like I would have went at least another year. With Brian Flores, you know, versus you know a younger offensive coordinator, um, you know, for the 49ers. So I feel like a lot of their success, you know, not saying it's from him. I don't want to take you know credit from him, but definitely some of the players that they have, you know, you know, running back as running back central, they have they just find great talent. You know, I, I think I would probably give most of their props to you know the player personnel or their scout scouting team or scouters versus, you know, maybe the office coordinator in that sense. Cause there's sometimes, you know, the office is running, but also sometimes the office stalls. It could be because of Jimmy G, you know, it could be because of play calling, but I think it's mainly the, the players that they have. Like they do a great job of drafting, especially in skill positions, but who am I? But on yeah, all, I, I agree with everything, including the, you know, the Kaepernick part as well. So mm -hmm. spot on. yeah. Next though, going to move on something or nothing. Actually, you know, came out a few days ago, but the MLB is going to stop testing for steroids. Although, may although it may be, it's only during, it's only during the period that they're having a lockout right now. Um, you know, it's the first time in 20 years this has happened, though. Uh, but they're not going to be testing um, during the lockout period. Period. I believe the agreement, obviously, between them and um, forgot the specific uh, organization, but basically, with the lockout, um, the timing of the, of the contract and everything. Uh, expired with uh, you know, them, them testing um, for performance hands and drugs and everything. So it is a possibility that some of these some of these players, you know, may take performance enhancing drugs during this time period. I don't really know how that works to where like obviously I don't think they're gonna start the season on time. That's the first thing. Um, I feel like if they were, they would have definitely gotten something figured out by now because this is the time where training camp would you know be up and running by now. Um, some of the games we starting to play in March and then they're right at it. Um, you know. April and May. So I don't think the season is going to start in time at all, but I don't know how it works. Say like some, some people do, you know, experiment with the performance enhancing drugs during this time period. And then they test positives at some point in the season, you know, is it just let go? Is it not? Like, I don't really know how that works. Definitely got to read more into it, but do you think it's, you know, something or nothing that this news actually came out like a week or a few days after 
obviously Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Pete Rose, you know, were pretty much exiled forever <laughs> from being elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame. So something or nothing, what do you think about the MLB stopping testing for steroids? I think it's something that I don't really understand. If you're going to keep Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens out of the Hall of Fame forever because of steroids, why are you, you know, why are you doing this? Um, I know, I know it was common back then, and a lot of people did, even Alex Rodriguez, a lot of people, David Ortiz, all those people, but they're still in. I, I don't really understand that, but I definitely think it's something because, you know, after all those, after all these years of punishing players for taking steroids, you're going to, you know, allow it but not get in trouble for taking them. So I don't really understand it, but it's definitely something. Um, I like to see those guys that got punished, the numerous amount of guys that got you know, punished for taking stories uh, to get their punishment lifted or something. Yeah, especially those guys that we talked about last week because, you know, they're all-time leaders in, in, in stat categories. Like, how are you going to have all-time leaders in stat categories not in the Hall of Fame? It's like, what's the purpose of having the Hall of Fame then? Like, yeah, you're, you're like all-time hitter. All-time home run leader, you know, and one of the greater pitchers that you know won multiple Cy Youngs, not in the Hall of Fame. Like, what are we doing here? But you know, it's definitely weird. I'm. It's going to be interesting to see. I already feel like this. The baseball season has already been messy. Obviously, since the lockout started, they really haven't had any type of you know progress in talks. Now the you know this contract contract has expired. You know, with them you know testing players or performing enhancing drugs, they don't look like they're going to start on time. You know, this could very much be a summer. I don't know how much how many people care, but this very much could be a summer where it's either shortened baseball again or no baseball at all. And, you know, it just opens it up, I guess, for other stuff. I know, like, I don't know if it's this year or next year. I know these other football leagues are starting, what, USS, USFL or something, yeah. and um, eventually uh, supposed to begin a, another one back as well. I forgot. Um, whichever one got cut off, like, in the middle of the season. The XFL. XFL, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know, you know. Everybody's always been on baseball. Like they're the only ones that don't want to, you know, come around to change. They don't want to conform to change. But you know, it's 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 starting to look like more and more they need to. And eventually, I think eventually, sometime in the future, near future, they're probably gonna stop testing for steroids as a whole. Um, yeah, probably. You know, a lot of people say it's gonna make baseball more exciting. It could very well be. You know, who knows? I don't. I don't. A lot of people like love to see, like I said, uh, a grand amount of home runs. You know. Very, very well could be on the horizon. Maybe that's what brings the younger generation into liking baseball a little bit more. Um, but you know, who knows? I just think it's definitely going to be it's something now, but it's definitely going to be something when the season starts. Because I already know guys are about to start, you know, experimenting a little bit, whether they know it or not. Because sometimes guys take certain stuff and they don't know it has certain, you know, illegal substances in it that they're being tested for. So who knows? But it's definitely going to be something throughout the season and you know, either time and money now, whether they start to play or not. Um, but next, go ahead on, move on to the Pro Bowl. Um, something that happened this past week. I don't know if I didn't watch it. I watched some highlights. I know my guy Kyle Pitts caught a touchdown, first touchdown in America. I don't know if you watched it all. Did you take a look at it at all? That? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. I'll comment in a second. Yeah. I, 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 I haven't watched it the past few years, honestly. I can't even remember the last one I watched. The last one I might have watched or remember watching is when I think Dez Bryant was in one. Like fully, I think that's like one of the last ones I've watched. And that's telling because that's probably was like 2013 or 14. I might not even be. But on uh, um, NFL Pro Bowl was this past week, weekend. Um, you know, end of the years, you know, it's supposed to be obviously a celebration, uh, you know, for certain guys in the season that they had. 
I've always, obviously, you know, we're going to talk about NBA a little bit later, and they always have that in the middle of the year. I was, not that I find it weird they do it at the end of the year, but it's just, like, obviously doing it at the end of the year, they don't really have much to play for. You can see, like, offensive line, defensive line had to put, you know, pretty much no effort in. Um, a lot of, you know, touchdowns, um, mainly from the AFC side, because I know they won by a big margin, but, you know, no one's really trying, and it kind of sucks to see. It's really no purpose. I know it's awful fun in games, but, you know, Obviously, I think this year showed more of a lackluster performance than a lot of years past. So a lot of people have been trying to figure out, you know, how to spice it up, make it better, make it different. And uh, one of the things that I saw was had the two, you know, two bottom teams this year, which would have been Jaguars, their team that, and the other team, uh, the Detroit Lions, face off, play for the number one spot, you know, in the NFL draft. So before I kind of get your thoughts on like maybe how we can change the, you know, the Pro Bowl or you know even some of the events that took place. Do you think that's a good idea? I don't know. I think over time they have to put a lot of different alternatives together and, like, you know, see how they play out. But, I mean, they all sound better than what, you know, I watched on Sunday. Um, I just remember years past, especially the year with, like, Sean Taylor, even slightly into the 2010s, you know, they they weren't going 100%, but they were tackling. They weren't, you know, not playing two-hand touch – you know, like the only person that probably played with a little bit of passion on Sunday was Michael Parsons. He he mm-hmm. sacked Patrick Mahomes and then he pushed uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, <laughs> he gave him a, a nice little shove. But besides that, you know, it was just really – I understand guys going into contract years, some of them, um, you know, just not trying to get hurt after a long season, a 17-game season, 18-week season, um, not trying to get hurt. But it was just – it's kind of hard to watch. Uh, I probably watched like a quarter and a half, but I had a had something on on the other TV because I wasn't really paying attention. And it was, it wasn't much, you know. Even on the interception returns, guys weren't even trying to get tackled. Yeah, exactly. It was a lot of fake touchdowns. So, yeah, I think more overall to watch. But I mean, I understand. I understand it. I like the other stuff leading up to it though, like the skills challenge, uh, the mm-hmm. quarterback accuracy stuff, stuff like that. I want them to bring the you know the stuff back from the the early 2000s when they had like the, you know, which, which quarterback could throw the farthest and some of the accuracy competitions but during the week. But um, just overall, the Pro Bowl is taking a hit. You know, not a, not a lot of people even watch it anymore. I was surprised that that many people were tuned in. Um, I just yeah. tuned in for a second. But, yeah, overall pretty much disappointing. But that's what I expected. It's been trending that way. Like, I, this year was probably the worst, but last year and the year before last, it was just as bad. It was just as bad, so, yo. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like you said, mainly, especially on the interception returns, like they could at least try to a little bit of effort. Because I remember we had Winfield caught one, swerving, weaving through everybody. Um, I forgot another one. I think it was either a defensive lineman or um, a linebacker that caught one, I think maybe for the AFC. Same thing. Like it could have been just a little bit more effort. Like obviously, like, you know, it's all in fun and good games, but it's like, you know, they're joking around so much to where they put, you know, Trayvon Diggs as a receiver and, and Obviously, lined up his brother um, across from him. Uh, I don't know how long it was for, but obviously, you know, I seen the highlights, so at least it was for a player too. So, just certain stuff that you know, I guess it's a little bit entertaining to watch, but at the same time, like not at all. It's supposed to be the best of the best going against each other. Um, like you said, you don't want to go too too hard because you don't want to you know, get hurt, um, affect your team's chances in the next year, or even your health as a whole. But you know, I don't know. I just feel like something something could be changed. Something can be different. And like I said, I guess we could talk like I said, one of the things on Twitter was, you know, you know, bottom two seeds. 
playing for that number one spot in the NFL draft. Do you ever see like foresee that even being an option, being a thing that happens? Like, I guess that's different, obviously, from the Pro Bowl because not you're not really rewarding the people that are playing, you know, or rewarding the you know the best stars or the best you know guys for that year in, in a sense. But do you think that's something that should you know change or replace the Pro Bowl? Is there any other ideas that you may feel like you know game wise, either to honor you know? You know, the best players in the game or just anything at all? I don't really know, but I don't see them. I mean, it sounds good. You know, I said, like, they, they can weigh the options, but I don't see two teams playing an extra game. I'm pretty sure some of them don't even want to, you know, even after going, like, 1-15 or 0-16, they're trying to move on to the next year. So, yeah, yeah, I don't really see that part. But it, it would be nice, but I doubt it. I don't even – the players have to agree to play. That's true. But like I said, at least there is a little bit of something on the line. Uh, but then I was thinking about it too. It's like, you know, it's, it, it's I guess it's an incentive to win. Yeah. Like you get the number one draft pick. But at the same time, it's like you may be playing for that team to get that number one draft pick. And it may be your replacement. Or it may be, you may not even be on that team next year. Like you said, it probably would, it would, I can honestly see it being like almost like, you know, bowl games nowadays. Like, you know, kind of like you would have to opt in or play or whatever the case may be. Like something, something similar to that, if that was ever an option, like, you know, it's kind of up to the players that they want to play. But, you know, as I was as an NFL with a contract, you getting paid money. It's like, that's obviously not an option either. Like, you can't just opt in, opt out <laughs> to, to play games or not play games. Like it's mandatory. You don't have to play. So I don't know. It's definitely something to think about, though. Like it, it has to be some type of change. You know, obviously, you know, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. But the NBA All-Star Weekend is, you know, they don't really put that great of effort. They did make a few changes, obviously, within the last few years. You know, to make it a little bit more competitive, they're playing for charities. You know, they have to reach a certain point limit. You know, each and every quarter, you know, score resets, and it's like the winner of that quarter gets the amount of money for the charity, whatever the case would be. So it's been a little bit more competitive. Maybe they should do something like that for the Pro Bowl. I feel like that's probably one of the best options. Like whoever has the, you know, maybe if they even do a half, they only have to do every quarter, but maybe a half, or whoever has the most rushing yards, you know, money to some type of charity. Whoever has the most passing yards, or you know, receiving touchdowns receiving um you know catches receiving yards whatever the case may be but just little changes like that maybe if they kind of take you know, little tidbits or nuggets from the nba move it over to the pro bowl it could make it a little bit more competitive and also a little bit more meaningful as well so hopefully like i said they listening to us or listening to somebody out there for some type of changes to be made but next we're gonna move on to the nba talk a little bit of nba before we you know wrap up and finish up with some super bowl talk um and today kind of want to do trade or no trade obviously tomorrow i don't i think it's three o'clock is the trade deadline um we've already seen a, a few trades go through you know yesterday today even earlier on like the first trade of the year probably was made by mile and hawks sending cam reddish to the new york knicks who has only played about 20 minutes with them since he's been traded um but a lot of little trades here and there a lot of trades i tweeted out yesterday i think teams are just trading just to be trading I don't really see how anybody's getting better from any of the trades that I've personally seen. The only one that's a little bit okay and it's not even the greatest is, you know, Larry Nance. Oh, not Larry Nance, my fault. CJ McCollum um, being traded to the Pelicans. It's not even because of him. It's because of Larry Nance. I like that that move because, you know, he's an active big um, or active four, active big. He's on the boards, offset uh, defense uh, of rebounds. He's a decent defender. And he's um, – Round his game a little bit more, you know, he can shoot the shoot the ball a little bit from outside, but he's just an energetic guy. And obviously they're missing Zion, who we don't know is gonna play at all. So 
that's the only one I saw. I was like, okay, that makes it a little bit better. But at the same time, you know, they gave a lot of young talent. You know, I like um, Shy's cousin, um, you know, uh, Alexander, who just got traded again today. Yeah, to the Jazz. He's yeah. a solid player. Exactly. And I, I like Josh Hart as well as a guard. But, you know, maybe they weren't going to pay him in the offseason. I think he was an unrestricted free agent. But, like I said, I'm going to get to it, trade or no trade. I just want to throw these two on the screen because, you know, probably the biggest names that's been talked about that's a possibility. I'm thinking it's not going to happen. I've been on the train that it's not going to happen. But, you know, there's been a few reports coming out. They're making James Harden sound like a crybaby, which may, may not be far off, but, you know, some of the reports that they're talking about, you know, you know him you know, pretty much just wanting out, trying to force his way to Philadelphia or whatever the case may be. I know he sat out in there for his last night's game. But trade or no trade, James Harden for Ben Simmons or just in general, obviously it would be this type of, you know, move because – Maury wants James Harden, and you know, obviously Ben Simmons has been sitting the whole year and wants out, wants to go somewhere else and play. But trade or no trade, do you think it happens? I'm going to say yes because Doc Rivers, I think he came, yeah, he came out and said it the other day. They need guards. Uh, ben Simmons doesn't. He's not going to play. He's not going to. He he's willing to. He's already lost 19 million. He's willing to, you know, lose another 12. He doesn't. He doesn't care. So at this point, I feel like they should do it. It's going to better their team too. The Sixers, I think. You know, I mean, well, it depends on what they give up. Because I saw rumors talking about they had to give up Thibault, uh, you know, Curry yeah. as well. And that's that was one. That was going to give up a lot today. <laughs> yeah, that's their shooting and their defense. So I don't know. I know Tyrese Maxey's not. You know, he's not an option, but. I would go with it, you know, if I were the Sixers, but it's all about what you're willing to give up. And I don't know if the rumors are true or not. I don't even know if they're negotiating with Daryl Morey. So, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see. But I'm going to say I'm going to say trade because um, there's been a lot of rumors that have came out about James Harden. And I don't know why. Like, I, I believe that, you know, part of part of some of them are potentially true. So I'm going to just be optimistic and say that they get the trade done. Yeah. And this will help. You know, this will help not waste a year in bead. Um, because without Simmons, I know it's, you know, it's, sometimes he's a liability, especially in the fourth quarter, especially against the Hawks mm -hmm. last year. But he's a solid player, and you're not winning uh, going to the finals without him. So I think you need to make the trade and do what you got to do so you don't waste a year of Embiid. Yeah, I can see that as well. Like I said, it was fun. I think Jeremiah said in the chat, but it was like basically got to fight fire with fire because, you know, obviously Maury's – he's the type of GM that's like super, super greedy. That's why I really uh, – a trade hasn't really got done with – anybody at this point, I was going to say my Hawks, but like really any team at this point because of how much he's asking for Ben. Um, and, you know, I don't remember the, I can't remember that just in my mind, the GM's name for uh, the Nets, but he's fine, fire, fire. Like I said, they, they asked for, you know, they asked for Seth, they asked for Thibault, they asked for Tyrese Maxey, which I know they're not letting go of him. Um, he's having a pretty good year um, in Philly. Um, and obviously Ben Simmons, and I think like a first or something. Like they was asking for something crazy, but they were like, you got to fight fire with fire because I'm pretty sure Maury's asking for some craziness too. Like he's probably not just asking for James. Um, he's probably asking for, you know, maybe another player or two and even a pick, who knows. But, you know, obviously he sees him, you know, as a, a young a young guy, all defense, all NBA defensive guy two, two years in a row. Um, he's under contract for a while. Uh, so he's still trying to be greedy with how much he's going to get back in return by just that's the main reason why I feel like it's just not going to happen. It's just going to, you know, something that's going to happen in the off season. Um, you know, it seems like for some reason, you know, there's so many rumors that's out there about 
you know, James Harden, you know, wanting to go to Philly, wanting to be in Philly. Obviously, he came out a few weeks ago that he doesn't like it in New York, hasn't liked his time there. But, you know, a few days later, doubled down and said that he wants to be there. You know, we really haven't even seen the big three for, I don't even think, more than 20 games. So it's like the experiment hasn't even taken shape, taken form. It hasn't even happened, to be honest. Um, and it's like he's kind of just giving up. Obviously, I know he's frustrated with the part-time Kyrie thing um, and just – it's really everything that's going on in Brooklyn, not living there. Like, obviously, it's, it's tough. We talked about it. It's tough going, living somewhere up in the cold where you're getting, like, half your money taken versus coming from somewhere warm. You know, it's pretty much just where he, he was made to live, warm, strip clubs, tax-free. You know, that's that just seems – that screams James Harden to me. So, I don't know. I don't know why he would want to, you know, force his way to Philly. Maybe he wants to play with Embiid. Maybe he sees himself, you know, winning a championship. Maybe he wants – that one-two punch versus, you know, being with, you know, two other guys. But I don't know. I just feel like it's not going to happen because I think both GMs are going to be greedy. Philly's not going to – or Maury's not going to want to give up any less than what he's already asked. And obviously, you know, the Nets experiment really hasn't worked. But also, he's not going to just give up James Harden for, for for nothing in return, like just Ben Simmons in the first or something like that. So I personally don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to wait till off season, But who knows? We may get this bomb trade right before 3 o'clock tomorrow and everybody's going to be like, what the hell is going on? Next, got Russell, another hot guy, hot name that a lot of people want gone. People have been saying they want Russell gone probably 10 games into the season. Um, I personally don't think it's going to happen just because I don't see anyone wanting to take on that contract. There's been some you know, news flowing around that possibly if LeBron wants Wall instead, because obviously he's been sitting for the Wizards, or not Wizards, sorry, he's been sitting for the Rockets all year. He played last year, looked decent, pretty sure he's healthy. A lot of people have been, you know, saying like I've seen reports. If they feel like um, Wall is a little bit better of an option for the Lakers than Russ right now, that they can somehow make that happen. You know, I don't see it. There was also reports that said, you know, the Lakers don't want to include their twenty. It's crazy to think they don't have a. I don't think a, a decent first rounder until twenty twenty seven. But they don't want to include their twenty twenty seven first rounder with Russ in any type of deal. So I personally think he's step. He's stuck there. He's staying there. Um, maybe it's a move that we see in the offseason. Maybe even not. Maybe he's there to the you know entirety of his contract. Who knows? But traded or not, do you think um, Russell Westbrook goes? No, it's <laughs> not because you know they need him, but they can't trade him that contract. It's terrible, and nobody. I think we've seen this is his fourth team in like four years. I think everybody's seen you know what he is now. She's not a productive basketball player, not a winning basketball player. Um, it is what it is at this point. I think they tried to make it work. You know, I was like, me being a LeBron fan, I'm like, you know, be able to turn it on, um, come play all the time or when it gets to March and April. But, you know, 50 games in, you are what you are. And I've seen him, I've seen him play probably like 30 of the 50 games this year, and it's just pretty pretty much been the same. <laughs> Turnover machine. Um, this is like, he's a first battle Hall of Famer, you know, triple-double king. Um, he's a great basketball player. But, like, as great as he is, well, he was – like his IQ is so low, it, it so I just really don't understand it. It's like some some of the stuff we saw freshman year playing basketball with Spivey. Like one on like it's one on four. You see clearly see you don't have the numbers, but now I'm gonna push, try to you know finish get an M one or something and just throw it up. Uh, this is hard to watch sometimes. Last night was bad. They got blown out. I turned the game off at halftime. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just rough. It's hard to watch. But now nah, he's not getting traded. It, I know the Lakers and LeBron want to get rid of him. I know you saw the thing with AD when they came over to talk. Yeah, he came over to talk about him on the head. I'm probably tired, but now he's like, man, I ain't even trying to hear that, bro. Like, you just have to come better. But, uh, 
He probably says some other stuff I can't say on here, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's not going to get traded. That contract's terrible, and nobody wants to uh, deal with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see it at all, like at all. Another one I did see, though, was him possibly going back to the Wizards um, now that, you know, Bradley Bills out for the year, you know, underwent season uh, ending, I guess, wrist surgery. And that was one guy I was going to put on here, but obviously he kind of took himself out of that conversation with uh, you know making that decision. But they said that they thought about, you know, or not thought about, but that was a rumor that he could possibly go back to the Wizards. I, and I was thinking that too. I was like, what? It'd be crazy if they literally just made the same trade right back. Like, obviously, Kuz, Harold, and everybody goes back to LA, but nah, it's not happening because Kuz and uh, Harold have been playing, you know, really, really good basketball for the Wizards. Although, although they've been on, you know, kind of like a, a downward spiral since, you know, the first few games of the season where they were in that top three, but um, they've been playing great. So, obviously, obviously, I highly doubt they would make that trade back. But they said that Russ has, you know, Russ made a lot of the guys better there. I think they said, you know, Russ and he played better uh, around, uh, I think, Rui um, and a few other guys that they've had, that they had there. I think Rui, Denny, um, and a few other, uh, you know, players that they have on the roster that, uh, you know, Russell played you know, decent last year and then also made those guys better as well. But yeah, he's stuck there. And it's sad because, you know, it's another wasted year of LeBron, another wasted year of AD, you know, who's actually looked okay besides last last night Giannis was eating him up but besides you know since he's came back from his injuries looked pretty well and obviously LeBron has been playing you know well this year as well so I don't know it definitely sucks you know that Russ has to stay there and he, can, he may be pretty much you know the catalyst of why they may not get past the first round if they get past the play-in at all so sorry Lakers sorry LeBron sucks to see next I got just any Knicks player they literally just want to trade their whole team besides probably RJ. Um, Julius has been in trade talks. I've been talking a little bit about trading Mitch, Alex Berg, you know, Fournier and Kimba, who they just signed this year. So literally any Knicks player. Do you think they just make a move in general? Like Knicks, Knicks Twitter is up in flames right now. They don't know um, who they want to keep, who they want to get rid of, what they should do with this team. They're on a downward spiral. I think they're like 24 and 30 right now. I don't know what direction they're going in. It's really crazy to kind of see the fall off. Like I know the the Hawks ain't played the greatest as they you know supposed to have been this year, but at least we've had like two eight game winning streaks. Like we can kind of put it together when we have a full squad here and there. So, do you think they make a move at all? Anybody goes? Uh, no. I would say you know as bad as Julius Randle has been at times, body language, you know, attitude, all that stuff. Uh, he played well, especially last night. Well, that, when they played Utah last, I think that was last mm-hmm. night or the night before last. Um, I don't, I just don't think you know nobody really wants Alec Burks, and I think they like Mitch uh, Robinson. He brings a lot of energy, especially on the defensive end, and he's been solid, you know, at times. So I think the Knicks fans are just being a little bit emotional. You know, mm-hmm. they expected a lot after last year, having a good season, only to get smacked by the Hawks, and they just had really, really high expectations going into the season, and you know they just been disappointed. So. They've been, like you said, they've pretty much been up in flames, just been going at each other, coming at – what what did they be talking about? On the spaces, you know, coming at mm-hmm. uh, people on the Knicks fans TV, the female, all that stuff. They're, <laughs> you know, they're all over the place because they're expecting greatness after one solid year, which I really don't understand. But I don't think the Knicks get rid of any of these people. Um, mm-hmm. I know they always, they're always talking about they need a point guard, um, but I don't, I don't see them getting one, but – <laughs> you never know that um, sometimes the deadline can get wild, and it was a crazy year in the NFL. It might get crazy in the NBA. Somebody that could yeah. be a blockbuster trade before 3 p.m. So we'll see. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's going to maybe not smaller trades. I mean, Alec Burke is a, a vital role, I guess, in their rotation. But I kind of – I think they somehow find a suitor for Kimba, Alec, maybe even Fournier. Like, he's just been so up and down. I think that's why, you know. But also, Nick's Twitter would be – they just be dramatic, you know. So they can – he has good games. He's had good games. He has decent games. He's had, I think – good games against us but you know he also has terrible games as well um you know i know it's not dramatic to ask for consistency um for someone that you're giving like what 18 million to 19 million it might be more than that honestly it might be like 20 million i forgot what the the, the contract number is but you know it's not terrible ask for consistency from him but i feel like they may keep him i feel like they do make maybe a little smaller trades um to hopefully get cameras in the rotation i don't know but then again also they said that tim didn't even want Cameron on the team at all. So maybe they trade Cam. I don't think he can be traded. I don't think he can be traded. I think he has to stay on the roster for the, the remainder of the year. But, you know, they probably find a suitor for Kimba, maybe Alec Burke as well. Um, and maybe New Orleans Noel. Like, they have a, a decent amount of bigs that, like, could probably be used on other teams. Like, they got him, Taj, Mitch, um, Obi. You know, one of those guys is probably going to go. I don't know who and for what. But they just feel like they need to miss, make some type of change so they can just get back into that play-in scenario. But I don't know. I'm kind of with you as well. I feel like they can't make a move, don't make a move. If so, it's just going to be a smaller one. I don't think they get rid of Julius. Obviously, they don't get rid of RJ. I don't even think they get rid of OB or Emmanuel quickly. Um, it's probably going to size a point to Kimber or Alec Burke, one of those two. Other than that, I think they – If they can find a trade partner, though. Yeah. I feel like they can find somebody for Alec. Like, he's decent, a decent scorer – decent ball handler and, you know, creator for himself and plays okay defense. They typically sometimes try to put him on trade when we play them. So, you know, I think they could find a suitor for him. Kimba, it may be a little bit harder just because his knees, I mean, he doesn't have a crazy contract because, you know, he got bought out, but, you know, his knees, he's in and out, um, hasn't been as consistent, hasn't played that well the last two years. So I'm sure somebody can use a point guard that can handle the ball um, and maybe run an offense, you know, and be able to score and create for themselves a little bit. But, those two are probably going to be the ones that's going to be gone. But next, got Buddy Hill. He just got traded, obviously, to Indiana with Halliburton. Kings, Kings Twitter, whatever, Reddit, they're, they're pissed. They're absolutely just they're, – they're just done with the team. They did not want Hallie to go. I'm pretty – everybody – Buddy Hill has been in trade conversations the past two, three years, so I don't think they're too mad about that, but they're, they're pissed about Halliburton. But anyway, Buddy Hill's um, Indy. They said that, or Indy said that they're willing to flip him before tomorrow. Um, a lot of people have been saying the Lakers, but I don't really know what they had to give up. Everybody, like, the only thing everybody's been saying is, like, Tyler Horton and a first, but they don't even want to include the first. So, I don't know. And I don't really know who really wants THT like that. I feel like the Lakers, Lakers organization kind of hyped him up a little bit more than what he really is. I feel like, you know, maybe on a team where it's not expectations, he can kind of shine a little bit more, but I don't think the Indiana would want like THT in like a second rounder or whatever for him. Maybe they include another player who knows, but you know, he could get traded tomorrow and they said they're very willing to do so. So, and there's a lot of teams that could use a shooter um, at this moment, especially in the postseason. but traded or not, do you think Buddy Hill goes? I don't. Um, I think, you know, they, he's a valuable part of the trade. Only if a team, you know, blows them away with the offer. But I, I agree with you with what you said. Like, 
a contending team because you know Indiana's not making the playoffs this year. Uh, mm-hmm. A contending team that needs a you know valuable shooter, but he could be great for them um, on a playoff run. So I could see that happening. But the team, I think a team would have to blow away Indiana with an offer, knowing that they just traded for him. Yeah, um, I think they're wanting like a first. Yeah, and some teams aren't. You know, he's he's a solid player. He's a um, you know a little bit below twenty points per game. But I, I don't know if teams are willing to give up a first. But you know, we'll see. If a team is if a team believes like this is their year and they just need to add, you know, another piece, I can see it happening. So, you know, only time will tell. Yeah. I don't I haven't seen anything from my Hawks, but I wouldn't mind having Buddy. If they send off like I mean, Bogey's been playing a little bit better as of as of late. But if we send like that first that we got from the Knicks along with maybe Bogey, I'd be okay with that and getting you know Buddy Hill in return. And I feel like that's kind of enough. Like, Bogey's another shooter that can kind of create for himself. Um, you know, he has knee issues here and there. But you're also getting a first that you're asking for. So I feel like that's easily con- compensatable. That works. And it should be, you know, something that could probably go through. I think the, the uh, contracts aren't too far off in numbers. I know Bogey gets 18 mil. I don't know how much uh, Buddy gets. But I don't think it's over 22 mil. So, you know, it could be something – that can happen. I don't know if that's on their radar or not, but you know, I wouldn't mind it at all. Next, Miles Turner. He's been in trade discussions pretty much since he's landed in Indiana. Everybody's been saying they need a big, want a big. Boston's always been linked to them to him. Um, in recent days, I forgot the two teams, but there's two specific teams that have been, you know, saying that they could use Miles Turner. Can't think of it right now. It'll probably come to me in a second. But trade it or not, do you think they get rid of him? They did get rid of Sabonis. They did get rid of, you know, they got rid of Justin Holiday. They got rid of, um, what's they got rid of? Literally, the only person that they didn't get rid of was uh, Duarte, their first round draft pick from this year. Um, like, they played Atlanta last night, and I couldn't even really, besides, I think, Torrey Craig, I don't know who else was really out on the court, or Torrey Craig and Washington Jr. from Ohio State. Outside of those three, I didn't know who else was on the court, to be honest. Um, so, traded or not, do you think Miles Turner finally gets dealt? You know, they've been circling around it for a while. I don't know what Indiana is doing. I don't know if they're completely rebuilding or not. Um, but I think, you know, I think he does. You know, a team that – a young team that's, you know, could potentially be right there. You name Boston. Charlotte needs a big. I know a lot of teams have been saying if Charlotte gets a big, you know, they can contend a little bit in the Charlotte, East. Charlotte, so, that was the team, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh I, I'm going to say he does get traded, though. You know, a team puts together an offer, a desperate team, like I said before. Um, a team that's like, I'd say, you know, fourth or fifth in the East or West, and they feel like this is their biggest need. Um, he's a valuable player, a good player, just not on a winning team right now. And I know he'd love to go to a team that's going to be playing um, in June. So, I mean, in late May. So, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know who does, but I feel like it's just it's just a year. It's been like three, four years. Somebody has to finally, you know, take him on. And he's not a bad. He's a good great rim protector, great rim runner. Um, but a lot of teams we use his need. So, but that does it for the guys that I feel like. Is there any guys that you feel like may or may not get traded that we didn't really mention? Like I said, there's a few that kind of took themselves out of it. I was going to put Bradley Bill in it. I was going to put Jalen uh, Brown in it as well. Uh, but I feel like Boston has made it clear that they're not trading him. Yeah, those are the main two that I could think of. Other than that, is there anybody you think they that, that could get traded? That's you know maybe a notable name that's been kind of circling out there that we didn't mention. Nah. Yeah. yeah. But next, 
real quick before we move on to our last little segment about the Super Bowl, give out some quick predictions um, before, you know, our, our big show on, on Saturday. But this is the all-stars that we've had for this year. Um, obviously, LeBron, captain again, Durant, captain again. To our left, we have – well, actually, no, they got it all mixed in. I was about to say to our left, we got east and to right the west. But they got it all mixed in. Um, I know the two replacements, LaMelo and uh, Murray, DeJounte Murray aren't on here. Obviously, they're replacement, injury replacements for Durant and uh, Draymond Green. But overall, were there any snubs or anybody that you felt like should have made it or shouldn't be on this list? Um Ahead of uh, an All Star weekend this upcoming, or yeah, upcoming weekend, next weekend. I'm gonna give Lamelo and Dejounte, you know, credit. So I'm not gonna say take them off the list, but I would have liked to see on the East. In the East, I would have liked to see uh, Jalen Brown make the All Star team. I think he had an All Star worthy season. Um, even though the Celtics struggled as of late, you know they've been playing well down the stretch, especially defensively. And then on the West, uh, it's no, my fault. That's the East too. But um, I think Pascal Siakam's had a you know a quiet season. Mm-hmm. I know the Raptors aren't the best or what they were with Kawhi or with Demar for you know a good part of his career there. But he's been having a good season as well. You know they have a young group, um, and I think they're they're okay. You know they're not as bad as people think they are. And I think he's been having a pretty solid season. You know, and I would like to see him. Make it along with his teammate uh, Fred Van Fleet. So those are my two snubs. Yeah, Fred. Fred had had a nice year. The Raptors overall, they've you know had a nice little stretch of games these past few weeks. Um, I think elevating themselves all the way to the sixth, maybe fifth spot now. Not too sure about after you know results last night, but you know they've moved up quite a bit and have a, a, a great year. I like their team a lot as well. But like I said, Pascal's had a quiet, quiet year. I can see. You know, him being a stub. Jalen Brown as well, for sure. Like I said, it's kind of the same thing with them. The Celtics had a, kind of like a slow start, but they picked it up as of late as well. Um, my snubs, I would, I don't even know if it's really a snub. I, I, I can see why they voted DeJounte in. He's had um, a great year and has the Spurs probably, you know, have won a lot more games than a lot of people would have expected them to at this point of the year. Um, I think I know he's averaging like 19. I forgot how many assists. I think it's around like seven or eight. Um, but he's having a pretty good year as well. I would have liked to see Anthony Edwards in there. I know he's been kind of up and down here and there, but like you know, obviously he's 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 been solid except for his second year, second campaign. Um, you know, he's have he's increased all his averages and you know, field goal percentage as well. So I feel like he was deserving um, of it a bit. You know, he hasn't missed many games. Uh, you know, obviously he brings that wow factor, but I definitely see why they would put you know vote Dejounte Murray in. Um, over him, but you know, of course, Anthony Edwards is going to make a few in his time in the NBA. His time is coming for sure. But that's the one I kind of, you know, I knew there was there was probably between him and Dejounte for the West and for that, uh, you know, for the spot to replace Draymond Green. And in the East, I already felt like you know it was going to be Lamelo. Um, you know, I kind of agree with the same ones that you said. You know, they got Darius Garland in as a as a uh, reserve, and the only one the, like if we're talking, I guess the. Guys, I feel like probably shouldn't have made it from the initial jump. I didn't really ag- agree or see why they had Jimmy Butler in there. He's missed a bunch of time this year. I know Miami's the number one seed, and it was kind of like same thing with the Phoenix Suns, even though they have Devin Booker and Chris Paul as reserves instead of, you know, we're voting as starters. But, you know, at the time, the Heat were the number one seed. But, you know, I feel like, honestly, Tyler Hero has been their best and most consistent player outside um, of Bam when he's in the lineup. You know, I didn't. 
I can see why they got Jimmy in there, obviously, but at the same time, I was like, mm, I'm not too sure about that. I don't know if he's an all-star this year. Um, outside of that, I kind of agree with everyone else. I mean, Chris Middleton, I see why they had him there as well. But, you know, it's just certain guys that it's unfortunate each and every year. Like, they're having good seasons, having great seasons for the team, but, you know, don't get voted in or um, aren't replacements. But those are the guys I kind of had and had in mind, um, you know, this year. But – Oh no! Hopefully it's a good all-star game. Can't wait to see the draft. Obviously it's Thursday, which is tomorrow at six thirty. Uh, can't wait to see where my guy Trey ends up on, what team he's on, and some other guys as well. But hopefully we have us you know, another good year, another good all-star. Um, I guess we'll probably talk about it in a different episode, probably one right before all-star hits. But they just announced some of the guys it's in the dunk contest and three-point contest. So I guess we'll pick our winners and everything from them as well. But Last thing we're going to hit on before we uh, maybe hit on some things that maybe grind our gears this week. A little quick preview of the Super Bowl. Um, just ideas. Just our, We'll just give our, our overall thoughts um, of, one, just the Bengals making the Super Bowl, because I don't think we had a show um, after the AFC Championship um, and, you know, or AFC and NFC Championship. And just, just our thoughts going into the weekend, what we expect, what we hope happens, um, just certain things like that. And like I said, on, on Saturday, We'll go into all the details, you know, individual performances, who has to have the best performances, the best guys on the field, some prop bets as well. Um, but just your overall feelings about this Super Bowl and this matchup there. Excited for the matchup. You know, it's a little different. The Rams were here about two, three years ago, and the Bengals haven't been back, been here in my lifetime. Um, first off, you know, happy for the Bengals. Um, they're resilient all year, you know, banged up at times. Um, Joe Burrow got beat up, you know, and the team, you know, followed the motto of the quarterback, just, you know, fall down 10 times, get up 11. You got to uh, – they were down 21-3, to three, and if you told me that, you know, they were going to come back on the Chiefs in the arrowhead, um, I would have told you you were a liar, and, I, and my, I just never would have expected this to happen, and they're resilient, you know, and their defense really stepped up. Um, and just kudos to them because, like, in their – the previous game, you're not supposed to win a game in Tennessee only scoring, you know, 19 points, but the defense stepped up, uh, bottled up King Henry when they had to, and they just, you know, stepped up and did what good teams do. Uh, really just happy for them, you know, Joe Burrow getting hurt his first year and then being back in the Super Bowl his second year and then them just hitting on these draft picks and, you know, years passing and then finally paying off. Um, just looking forward to the matchup. Um, it's going to be tough. Two high-powered offenses, but – I just, you know, the Bengals going against this Rams D-line is going to be, you know, one of the bigger tests. I'm just happy to see the stars on both sides and the matchups we're going to see. You know, Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey T versus T. Higgins. Um, the offensive line versus Aaron Donald and Von Miller, um, Leonard Floyd. Uh, on, on the other side, you got Apple versus Odell and Cooper Cup to see how he fares because, you know, he talks a lot. Jesse Bates versus Tyler Higgins. And then, you know, the trenches versus Cam Akers. Um, so, and then the coaching matchup, you know, Zach Taylor and Sean McVay know each other. They know their tendencies. So how will Zach Taylor put help his defensive coordinator put together a game plan to, you know, stop what he likes to do? And on the other end, will Raheem Morris, will Sean McVay help him on how to stop Zach Taylor? So just looking forward to the chess match and the individual matchups. You know, I know we're going to get into more later, but just just happy to see the Bengals season pay off. And, you know, the Rams put all their chips in. They say we don't need draft picks. We're going to depend on players that have already, you know, Establish himself in the league, and we know what they're capable of, and you know, it paid off. Um, so mm -hmm. it's just see how this game turns out, and I'm, I can't wait for Sunday. Yeah, same here. Like I said, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a great matchup. Two high power offenses. Um, obviously, the 
the what a lot of people are pointing to is probably going to be the, the main difference is maybe you know that defensive line for the Rams versus the offensive line for the Bengals. But like Joe Burrow or Joe Burrow as they be calling him has shown time and time again, you know he can fight through a bad offensive line. Like you said, you know had multiple or two games in a row where he was sacked multiple, multiple, multiple times, um, but still you know, came out on top, came out with the win. Um, like I said, I definitely expect it to be high scoring, high power. I know it's going to be a great game. Like I said, it's going to be it's matchups everywhere to look at. Like I said, offensive line, defensive line, um, Jalen Ramsey on Jamar Chase, the coaching matchup against two young coaches, 38 and 36, respectively, for those two. Um, and two guys that's just never been there before, Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow, um, at least on this level. So it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one overall. Um, you know, I know that Cincinnati probably wasn't most people's picks, you know, throughout the year, but they're definitely a Cinderella story and, and, and one I think a lot of people are gonna um, you know, be excited to tune in for and, and be up for. Obviously we haven't talked about the halftime show, something we'll probably talk about on Saturday, but that's supposed to be a big game as well, or a big thing as well, something that we wish that we had when we had our Super Bowl in Atlanta, you know people that actually are native here to you know put on for the show versus Maroon 5. But, you know, they got them a great group of, of, of people that's supposed to perform during the halftime show as well. But all in all, I'm definitely excited for it. Definitely excited to talk about it on Saturday as well um, and just get into, you know, the meat and potatoes of it all and, to, and then into the details too. Um, and like I said, the game is 6.30 on Sunday. It's crazy. I think I actually – I scheduled – I scheduled uh, for me and my girl to have a dinner, so I'm probably going to be having to watch it on my phone under the table because I think we're supposed to go to dinner at 7 and Super Bowl at 6.30. I didn't even think about it until just now. But all in all, I know it's going to be a good game. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to talk about it. Can't wait to get into it. And like I said, I don't know if you want to give your prediction now. I'm on the, I've am on. i been on the Rams bandwagon. I feel like they're going to pull it out, but I think it's going to be very close. I think it's going to be maybe a, a three- to six-point win. What about you, Dad? Uh, I'm going to wait until – Saturday to talk about it, but I'm anticipating a great matchup on both sides. You know, the way this like, I, the easy thing to do, I'm going to wait till Saturday, but the easy mm-hmm. thing to do would, you know, be to pick the Rams, but the way the season mm-hmm. is gone, um, you don't know how this game is going to go. You really, you really just don't know. And it's the year of the underdog. So we'll see. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that does it for today. Real quick. We can, if you do have anything that you're thinking about that has grinding your gears, that has grinded your gears throughout the week, one of the ways we're going to end off our show nowadays. Um, so anything that's happened, anything that's, you know, sparked your mind, anything or anyone that's grinded your gears this week, Dad? No, you can go first with this one. For me, I'm trying to think. Um, I had one earlier. Honestly, it's not too much that's been grinding my gears this, this week. If I was to point to anything or anyone, it would be, I was in like a, I was in a basketball space. I was in a Twitter space, right? Um, I guess it was a Hawks one. They do a Hawks one after the games. So uh, the Toronto, like we basically the Hawks fans were kind of talking a little bit because they felt like we was going to win because we didn't trade in and play the first game against Toronto. So he played the second game against Toronto and we was like, all right, it should be easy win, easy dub. So after afterwards or whatever, all the Toronto fans was coming in, kind of like talking, you know, talking shit or whatever. And it was this one kind of like I don't know. It's just I, I guess what's going on this week is basically people not listening, like. Basically, all the Hawks, because I just listened, but all the Hawks guys was giving props to Van Fleet, gave props to Siakam, gave props to Nick Nurse, was giving props to the team as a whole, right? And then just saying, like, you know, basically just talking about 
the faults of the Hawks. So each and every time the Hawks guy invited a Toronto guy up to talk, they kept saying, "Oh, y'all just y'all ain't giving props. Trey on this, Trey on that. Van Fleet's better than Trey Young. Like y'all, y'all, y'all don't want to talk about how we did this and that." And it was like they talked about all that. It's like it's not a Toronto Raptors space; it's a Hawks space. So they're gonna obviously give props where it's due, but they're gonna talk about the things that the Hawks did wrong. So then this one girl came up and she just she basically was doing that same thing. So somebody said something about like her not listening, and so she just started going off, start yelling, 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 like. Oh, you're not gonna talk to me like that. Talk to me like that. I don't know you. I don't know you. I'm like, well, I'm like, in a way, I'm kind of agreeing with them. Like, you should have listened, or you should have been, because she was saying she had been here from the very start. I'm like, nah, you obviously haven't been there from the very start because they have been saying Van Fleet did play great. We played terrible, <laughs> like from the very beginning. But just basically make this whole big hurrah, and then the dude, the Hawks, uh, Hawks TV guy. I, I had him on our little Hawks fly through one time. He had to put out a whole public announcement basically apologizing to her and saying that they need to make this space as a safer space and not to bully because she felt like she was being bullied. So my whole thing is, what's grinding my gears this week is just know what you're talking about or listen or just don't make things as serious as what they're supposed to be. Like he didn't even say nothing super disrespectful. Like it didn't have to be that serious. And I've learned that Toronto Raptors fans and their spaces and everything that they got going on is crazy. They might be more annoying than Knicks Knicks fans and that's saying something. So that's what was grinding my gears this week is fans. You could be fans, but just y'all taking certain stuff overboard. Like like he shouldn't have to put out a whole public apology for feeling like you were bullied in the spaces where they just say that you need to listen more because they address what you were talking about. So I know I made that long, but people stop taking stuff so seriously. We're fans of each team. Have fun in these spaces. Don't take stuff so serious. Uh, I couldn't really, you know, think of one. So I'm going to just keep it short and simple. It was kind of annoying to me. We talked about it earlier, the steroids thing, you know, mm-hmm. keeping people out of the um, MLB Hall of Fame, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. And you got guys like David Ortiz and um, Alex Rodriguez that will be in there, you know, you know, the Hall of Fame and stuff. Uh, they did the same thing and the punishment is different. And now you're talking about, we don't know if it's going to stick or not, but they're not testing for steroids. It's kind of pretty, you know, kind of annoying that you ruined the, not the career, because, you know, we know who these guys are as players, but if you competed a professional sport at any level, um, you want to, you know, you want to make it to the Hall of Fame. I'm pretty sure that's your dream if you're playing. And for them to be, you know, kept out of the, the brotherhood of the top, I don't know how what it is for the MLB, but top mm-hmm. 500 or whatever, 400 players, of best players of all time, uh, it sucks. And I know that's pretty annoying. It, probably, it bothers me. But if they get the, you know, if they don't, if they eventually stop testing for steroids, they have to let these guys in. But, you know, it's kind of unfortunate, the situation they're in. So that's what yeah. grinds my gears for this week. Exactly. I feel that. And it's like, I don't even know how they do it because, like, you test out after 10 years. Like, you, are, you can't put back on the ballot. And, you know, they write for you, so should be in there. You know, we're going to be talking about this at the end of time. But all in all, that does it for today's show. Last thing I do want to say is, of course, visit built, built.com. Um, check them out. They are sponsors if you use. I mean, all caps off the ball, you will get 10% off of your purchase. Like I said, they got a bunch of great flavors, mixed box flavors, and they do a bunch of promos each and every week as well. So check them out. Um, shout out to everybody on Off the Ball Network. Shout out to um, you know, everybody watching right now YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and just like I said, just keep continuing to rock with us. Be back with us for Saturday. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll have a lot of guys from Off the Ball Network for our you know, big Super Bowl preview show. Um, like I said, tune in. For 
to that and be on the lookout for that 5 p.m. on Saturday. And uh, other than that, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Appreciate everybody for supporting. And um, we'll catch you guys next time. Have a good one.